welcome to more to come. PW Comic World's weekly podcast on graphic novel and comics publishing, recorded at the PW offices in New York City. I'm Calvin Reed, Senior News Editor of Publishers Weekly and Co-Editor of PW Comics World. Check us out online at publishersweekly.com slash comics. And I'm Heidi McDonald. I am the uh, Editor-in-Chief of the Beat at ComicsBeat.com, and you can find us on Twitter at, at PW Comics World. And I'm Kate Fitzsimmons. I'm the podcast producer. And you can find us online on Tumblr at pwcomicsworld.tumblr.com. And don't forget, you can subscribe to More to Come on iTunes and on social media. We're at facebook.com slash pwcomicsworld. All right, this week on More to Come, Regine James uh, comes to IDW and Valiant. Also, Lion Forge uh, layoffs. Um, border Town Abuse, Tumblr takes a tumble. Uh, a new publisher in town, TKO, and PW's annual graphic novel critics poll. Also, this week in the briefs, Kate will give us the big manga update. So, Regine James at IDW and Valiant. And uh, we got a lot to talk about this week. And just as a reminder, uh, don't forget to like us on iTunes. Yeah. And, you know, drop us a line. We're here. We love to hear from you. Uh, as always, um, and yeah. As the old comedian used to say, talk to us. Yes. We want to hear it. Tell, tell us what you think. All right. Well, this was an eventful period oh my God, <laughs> since the yeah. last time we Oof. were beyond. You know, I took last week Big off. Changes. Thank God, because if I'd done this week, I would not have been able to take a week <laughs> off. Oh my God. Woof. Rocket. Roller coaster. Well, certainly one of the, certainly one of the biggest changes is, uh, Chris Ryle, who left uh, IDW back in, was it April or March? Uh, yes, I believe it was April. Uh, is rejoining the company <laughs> that he worked for for about 14 or 15 years. But this time, talk about a triumphant return. Yeah. Uh, president, publisher, and chief creative officer of IDW. And, uh, long running, um, former publisher, uh, Greg Goldstein, uh, is stepping down and leaving the company. Yes, well, <laughs> Woof, boy, what a roller coaster. So, it's been a big year at IDW. It has been a big year at IDW. <laughs> They've had a lot of comings and goings. Yes. And, you know, the co-founder, Ted Adams, kind of t- went on a leave of absence, mm-hmm. I guess, about a year ago. And Goldstein took over. And, you know, to be honest, uh, since then, a lot of people have left IDW. Yeah. And, a and lot I've of left people, some of the names out. I know yeah, you mentioned some, some of, you know, of on the Some of them are, uh, say that, that those two things are not unrelated. Um, and also Goldstein had had, uh, um, a allegations of a sexual harassment suit, uh, being, uh, the, a lawsuit was going to be filed against him. Mm. So that kind of bombshell was dropped, but then it really went quiet. So I guess they were, uh, the victim hired a very high level lawyer, Gloria Allred's daughter, who I, his name I can't remember, but anyway, yes. yeah. uh, but nothing really leaked out about it. I'm sure they were working on some kind of settlement or something, but, um, yeah, I would say that it was a tempestuous time for Greg Goldstein, um, to say the least. Then meanwhile, Chris Ryle kind of left and then came <laughs> yeah. back almost and then he left again yeah. and then he showed up at Skybound. He was at Skybound for a while. For a while. Um, Saw him there at San Diego sitting in the Skybound lounge and now just as the year is winding down. So he's come back running the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, hard to say what's going on in IDW. Um, I know my boss, Jamilia, uh, uh, finds their public, um, filings. I mean, they're a public company, uh, somewhat confusing and inconsistent. Um, yet, you know, IDW is one of the biggest independent comics publishers in, in the country, not to mention, 
uh, producer of TV shows and, and movies about its comics. Well, they've definitely diversified quite a bit in the last few years, and um, you know, moving into TV and media, as you say, uh, I guess Winona Earp is their big hit mm-hmm. on sci-fi, kind of a surprise hit, but it's it's it's. Uh, I think it's, it's yeah. either wrapped up its third season or is heading into a third season, so uh, that's doing well. And um, but and there you are know, other shows. In yes, production they have as other well. shows. I mean, some have been canceled already, yeah. also, but. Uh, according to those filings, they have been taking a loss for the last few mm. quarters as well. So, uh, yeah. How do you make a sl- small fortune in comics? <laughs> yes, yeah, well, you start with a large Yeah, and, and IDW, I should point out, is just about the only comics co- publisher that is publicly held, mm. and it's owned by a kind of a holding company that, uh, like, originally was a mobile company, I believe. They do mobile stuff. It's a yeah, I'm a little weird. fuzzy on yeah, that. Everybody end. is. It's not that clear on what they do. They have another component to their business that apparently makes money, but is completely unrelated uh, to comics. Uh, and I don't, I don't claim to know much about it. Yeah, I've heard Ted talk about it a very little bit. Well, See, I, if it weren't publicly held, then I would go, oh, well, whoever owns it doesn't want to have, own two corporations. So, I mean, two companies. So he just is bundling everything under one name. Yeah. But since it's publicly held, like. Clearly, that's not. Well, it's happening. like a petty stock. I mean, it's not like it's a big, yeah. you know, player yeah. on the stock market. Yeah. But, but still, it, I mean, it did. They did go public. Um, yeah, I will say this about Chris Ryle. Uh, he is really a much respected executive. Uh, you never hear a bad word about the guy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in the ten years he was at IDW as editor in chief, actually more than that. I mean, you, he's was, been there for. I think it was there fourteen yeah. years, maybe fifteen years. Yeah. There was I mean, no scandal. Mm-hmm. There was no. You know, there was, it was a very, very, um, you know, honorable term. And so him coming back to run the company, um, is, I think it's a really good thing for them as a big stabilizer for them. There's been a lot of, a lot of people been wondering what would happen with the Goldstein situation. And the answer is he's gone. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah. Uh, and it's gonna be, and actually it's gonna be interesting to see when Ted returns to the company after his sabbatical, what his role Will be if know, Ted returns. If he, if he returns, that's true. I mean, he's a you know, co-founder of the company, so it's hard to believe he's going to uh, exit completely. Um, and uh, and you know, I know he's he said he's working on some new venture of his own. Well, yes, and just across my desk this week, crossed the Kickstarter for the new issue, Full Bleed, which is oh, a, yes, a beautiful right. hardcover magazine. And that was one of his projects yes, as well. Yes, Ted is the co-editor yeah. of that. So that mm-hmm. is Why what, is it hardcover, though? Well, because it's a beautiful book. Yeah, I mean, it's really that, meant to be a book. Yeah, it's, it's really a, more of a book than It's a book anthology. Yeah. It's like McSweeney's. I guess they were the... Yeah, I mean, it, and it's in a book for... I mean, yeah, and it, they, I mean, they're publishing it sort of like a man. It is an anthology, but it, it's a book, and it's a awesome book too I find it the first two uh, certainly were um, now uh, shall we segue to yes. Valiant and uh, in a some, I mean certainly shocking to me or surprising to me uh, Joe Illich um, formerly of Lion Forge joined Valiant Comics as its editor in chief or executive editor executive editor executive editor in April yeah, uh, just a few months ago yeah uh, he is leaving the company. He confirmed it in an email to me um, and to several others. Um, uh, he suggested that some more developments may be coming about what he's going to be doing next, but he really didn't have much to say other than that. Well, did you see his statement in the Hollywood Reporter this afternoon? 
Uh, no. Oh, this okay. afternoon? Well, no, yes, I did breaking, not. Breaking news. No, clearly. Breaking no, news. I didn't. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, basically, well, uh, you know what? Yeah, he put in, it's kind of like, kind of interesting because it's almost like a, a help wanted ad for him and the, and the Hollywood Reporter. It's like a, called an open letter from Joe Illich about the comic book industry, hmm. which makes you think, oh boy, this is going to be crazy. Cause you know, Joe's pretty plain spoken, but it really is his announcement that he's going to take time to spend with his mm-hmm. career as a, a freelance editor for hmm. creator owned projects, which is a kind of a job title that a lot of people have an image. If you look at image books now, almost every one of them has an editor mm-hmm. working on it. And so Joe is kind of stepping into that. Yeah. So, but, um, yeah, and then, um, Joe. So, well, it does make you wonder what's going on at Valiant Comics. I have to say for myself, I was, I was somewhat shocked when Joe took that job. <laughs> um, uh, and, and no knock on Valiant. Um, <laughs> I, although I do have a sense of that company, um, uh, as having a, you know, I somewhat, uh, for want of a better way to describe it, a traditional look yes. at the how comics should be published that I, I, I personally am a little worried about in terms of how what they do fits into the publishing moment we're in. Uh, I, I thought, we don't obviously, have a problem with it. Just how are you making money, guys? Yes, yes, absolutely. Uh, I well, thought, well, Joe was a good addition up to, for, for them. I didn't necessarily know if Valiant was a good place for Joe. You know, love, uh, well, they announced that Robert Myers, who's long, yes. a long term mm-hmm. vet on staff there, he will be taking over as like senior executive editor or some title. Not, nobody's editor in chief, but, mm-hmm. but he has a very senior title. Um, and they also released their plans for 2019, which I actually did not look at, yeah, but they announced it. their slate. And, you know, as far as Valiant goes, they have the Bloodshot movie coming out in right. 2020 mm-hmm. in February, so we only have to hold on for another year. And, um, you know, they underwent ownership change yes. with um, uh, being the, some people it, from a Chinese company. Yeah, what's that's DMG? Got, to, well, yeah, DMG. Yeah. It was a guy but, but who, the money is- who is involved with DMG. He mm-hmm. was a major investor, and so yeah. he runs the company now. And, um, so, you know, I had been talking to some people at Valiant just even earlier last week while I was on vacation and, you know, they made it sound pretty stable. So I guess not as stable as they thought maybe, but, um, I talked with Joe at New York Comic Con and it was all about, you know, the coming year, what he wanted to emphasize. They were going to kick off with, um, you know, uh, publicizing a new live wire event. Um, he was very upbeat, very forward looking. Um, yeah, yeah. well, I, I, I don't quite know what to say. So, you know, <laughs> I, I'll read a little bit of these, uh, I'll read a little bit of his letter here, his ad, his, his, uh, you know, uh, employment ad here. This is the most exciting time to be in comics. An industry fueled by grit, imagination, and need to tell stories is more publishers now than ever before. Harnessing the voices of more kinds of creators than ever before to produce a vast library of uh, stories every week, every month, every year. Yeah, anyway. Uh, anyway, so it kind of goes on in that. So I look forward to working with creators who realize beauty, crazy, and distinctive visions that run the gamut of genre style format. Um, so anyway, you should hire Joe. Hire Joe. Well, yeah, you should oh, hire Joe. Although um. <laughs> I will say, you know, Joe is a friend and, uh, he is definitely the writing for Worst 2018 because in April, he also left Lionforge. Well, to yeah, go to that's Valiant. what's so bizarre. So just let's back up a little bit. Yes. At the start of the year, he was like a senior editor at Lionforge, 
And then he left that position to go to Valiant, and now he's yeah, left that position. Yeah, the year before, I had done about an hour interview on this podcast with Joe uh, about Lionforge. A year later, I'm doing an hour-long interview with Joe about working for Valiant. And, um, yeah, well, but speaking of Lionforge... Yes, um, I'll take up the, the here. Uh, Lionforge... Uh, really, certainly one of the most talked about independent comic publi- uh, publish- uh, publishing publishers of recent years uh, announced layoffs of 12 people. Um, when was this about? That was two weeks uh, ago. Two, yeah, yeah, the end of November. It literally happened just as we were walking um, into the podcast. And yeah. Talk as a it. matter of fact, uh, I was immediately in touch with uh, Jeremy Atkins, their senior publicists uh they didn't announce any names although a few names have surfaced and been confirmed um uh, but the overwhelming majority seem to uh, though i do know of some that i'm not going to announce um i mean this is uh, well i think it's been confirmed that greg tumbarello was let go and hazel dulevant has let go and carol burrell was let go that's all uh so yeah i didn't know carol had been i didn't know carol had been confirmed confirmed, uh there was another uh cat vendetti Mm -hmm. and she's also been uh confirmed and and hazel announced it on twitter um um when i interviewed dave stewart i believe in september it was um all blue skies and uh full speed ahead uh, he told me that there were about 60 employees at the time. They were going to publish 130 books in 2018. And that, uh, and I'm quoting, he said, and we're still hiring. Well, that seems to have come to a screeching halt. Uh, I mean, 12 people laid off out of 60 is a pretty startling number. Um, I actually saw, uh, some tweets from some current, um, Published uh, uh, employees at Lion Forge on on Twitter saying you know, that the weight of these you know coming to work that week after was like wow the weight of these uh, layoffs you're now you feel them when you step into the office. Um, we're we're going to look forward and see what this means. I mean, uh, what it does mean is you start to wonder what are book sales looking like. Uh, that's got to make you wonder. Uh, but you know, people have sort of been, you know, uh, speculating about Lion Forge ever since the beginning. Every that, which isn't to say there's been a lot of goodwill, but people do wonder. You know, the burn weight was looking pretty amazing. Uh, well, just to throw in here, you know, uh, the beat, uh, which mm-hmm. I am the editor in chief of, is actually owned by Lion Forge, so I, I can't really comment too sure, much on all of course. this. But uh, you know, I was one of their acquisitions, so sure. And you know, just to be throw in there, a lot of people have asked me if I was fine. You know, the beat is owned by Syndicated Comics, which is actually a sister company of Lion Forge under a holding company, and uh, you know, we were untouched. Uh, it's a very separate business, mm-hmm. and um, uh, everything is is fine at the beat. So, mm-hmm. but yes, it's yeah. very difficult when you yeah, see people absolutely. being, and, and know, there was a statement released and I, and I can, you know, read a little bit of that, you know, um, uh, uh the statement cites a, a restructuring from the top down and across departments, uh, to ensure our department size and structure remains in line with sales, uh, as well as obviously looking forward to the future. Uh, now, uh, Jeremy, uh, in my communications, uh, suggested that this was the only round of restructuring that's going to be planned for the moment. And obviously that's something we would all hope for. And we're all going to be watching closely, um, uh, watching Lion Forge because this is a company with great potential. They've got a lot of books coming into the market in 2019, uh, both on the superhero side, the Catalyst Prime, uh, line and, uh, through the Lion Forge imprint itself, 
which is publishing really more specifically into the book trade. Yeah. And, uh, but you, you know, I think all three of these moves, uh, coupled with a couple of other things happening, you know, we talked about Tom Akel leaving the line. Web oh yes, soon. that's right. Um, yep, and yep, we talked so about that a lot before. of people, you know, I, but we've kind of been, hit to get this all year we kind of been sensing a little bit of like well it's been a kind of hockey stick of, you yeah. know of growth for a for a bit while uh there's enormous optimism in the business right now and you know maybe we're primed for a little bit of little reality a yeah. little reality um yeah well there's still more people jumping into the pool as yes, we'll get to soon um sure are yeah so so um, the optimism isn't ended but this yeah. is a this is a this is certainly a a moment to take take stock. I think people are definitely kind of, uh, you know, let's see if I can uh, upset Kate with this. Taking stock of what I have and what I haven't. What do I find? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, to go from the ridiculous to something very, very serious. Um, unfortunately, another thing that happened this week is oh. yet more allegations of someone in the comics industry... Uh, being a, uh, guilty of very severe sexual misconduct. Yeah. So over the weekend, um, a toy designer named Cynthia Noggle, uh, posted on her blog spot post a really harrowing story, um, and about being emotionally and sexually abused by, uh, her manager at the comic shop that she worked at about five or six years ago and kind of the ongoing, uh, abuse that, and you know, really abusive relationship that they had. And, you know, she left, then they ran into each other at a Comic Con, and um, he kind of didn't acknowledge any of the stuff that had happened as abusers mm. so often don't. Um, and she, it's a very harrowing story. Um, you know, there's a story about this on the beats. You can find a lot of links yeah. to what I'm about to talk about. But uh, you know, I often say that. Uh, well, I mean, you know, stories are given like this are given a trigger warning. And I'll say it really is deserving of a trigger warning because it is so disturbing, some of the allegations of, yeah. of And what, she's posted a fairly detailed yes. and disturbing account yes, yes. of what she went through. Yes, she does. And, and, yeah, and it's just you wouldn't want anyone to go through it, just the emotional abuse alone. But um, – and she did not name her abuser, however, her alleged abuser – uh, however, it's very easy to tell that um, it was, if you put together the clues that she put throughout, that uh, it was Eric Esquivel, who is the writer of Border Town, which is a book that came out as part of the, the Vertigo relaunch earlier this year. Uh, yeah. And a very acclaimed book. Um, I read the first issue, and I, I actually was really impressed. Everybody was impressed by this book. And, um, you know, I think as part of Vertigo, this new line at Vertigo, it was you know, written by from a uh, Latinx perspective and dealt with issues of immigration and all mm -hmm. of these things that really are in the news. So it was a very, very pertinent, relevant book. Uh, the art team included Ramon Villalobos and uh, mm -hmm. colorist Tamara Bonvillan. And, um, you know, Esquivel was on the rise. He had yeah. been named Best New Writer by some sites and everything. So these allegations came out. And then it came out also that um you know there had been other other, yeah, other instances of instances of abuse, yeah. that were written about a lot of people came out after this this one brave woman's account and um talked about other very inappropriate things that he had done and um including 
uh, you know, targeting underage, you know, underage. Yeah, I haven't read the other accounts. I'll say under 18. Yeah. I mean, you know, which is horrible. But, yes, underage, uh, some other employees Mm. of the store. Uh, Anyway, so anyway, it's bad stuff. It's very bad stuff. So uh, a couple of different things have come out of this. Number one, uh, Villa Lobos, or Villa Lobos, the artist, and Bon Villanda, um, the... Uh, colorist. Colorist, and I apologize if I'm mispronouncing their names. I've actually never met Tamara yeah, and or uh, Ramon, so I'll call them Tamara and Ramon, but because I can't pronounce their last names, um, I apologize for that. But they have quit the book, and that as yeah. it, uh, as you uh, and so no one has heard from DC or Vertigo or Esquivel. He locked down all of his social yeah. media accounts and has scrubbed his Twitter account, and uh, nobody's heard from him. So, you know, this came out on Sunday. DC's yet to make a statement, which, look, I'm going to be honest. I think that's really, considering some of the other things we've talked about DC, I think that's really questionable. Like, even in this age of Me Too and of uh, people and abusers being held accountable for their actions, it's like at least you say, we take this seriously and we're investigating. You 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 know, guess what? There's a chance this isn't true. And you mm-hmm. want to give him a fair shake, but at least you say you read about yeah. it. I mean, you can't pretend that it didn't happen yeah. when it's all over Twitter and Facebook. So, and when your creative team has quit, well, now that the creative team has quit, I mean, yeah. now it's like, you know, what are you going to do, um, Kate? I know you didn't. Um, I know you didn't. You weren't following this as closely as I had, but uh, you know, the other talk was how do you handle this? You know, there was a whisper network about. Esquivel, clearly, a lot of people, uh, some knew about it, and some people, you know, like the people who were working on the book were not aware of these allegations yeah. at all. But, you know, what is the proper way to deal with these kind of, these kind of rumors, to be honest? Well, I mean, on one hand, I kind of think there's something to be said for somebody, maybe someone who feels safe, who's not a source of the rumors, tipping off the company that there's something worth investigating. Yeah. You know, maybe having a word with his editor quietly that like, hey, we've heard some hinky things that may or may not be true. HR should probably be looking into this. And in a responsible company that has a reliable HR department, that'd be the thing to do. But, you know, DC does not have the best history. <laughs> it just doesn't. No, they don't. And, you know, you would think it because of that history, they would have acted a little bit quicker, uh, to respond to this well, in, to, on some level. Yeah. Anyway. Well, I'm told that there is yeah, a, that there, something's there is the a statement yeah. in the works mm-hmm. coming from them. Now, there's another company that Esquivel works for, uh, a much smaller company, and they have told people that they are cutting off ties with him. Uh, I can't actually find. Hold on, I'll look up the name. And they've also confirmed to me that they are making a statement about it. Mm. So, um, you know, I reached out to both uh, DC and this smaller company, and um, there was like, uh, yes, they're definitely going to make a statement about it. So, uh, this uh, hold on, let me get the name of SBI Press. SBI Press. They mm. did a pub, uh, project with uh, Esquivel earlier this year. Yeah. And so they're just like very small, yeah. you know, comics press that puts out some interesting projects. So, you know, I mean, it's been a while since we've had, you know, something this overt come out. Yeah. yeah. Allegations, you know. Yeah. I mean, these are allegations, so. yeah. but uh, they're extremely credible. Yeah. Um, And certainly seem to be backed up by a lot of people. Yeah. So there does seem to be a pattern. Yeah. Yes, unfortunately. And, uh, you know, I think one thing that we can all uh, do is obviously have our consciousness raised about these kind of things. But Kate, I think you're right. You know, I think we all need to speak up. You know, I will say this. There are a few people out there 
that I've uh, worked with professionally who I found to be very underhanded. And uh, when I see somebody getting involved with them on Facebook or somewhere, like that might be their modus operandi, I, you better believe I DM that person yeah. and, well, and give them warning. Way. Yeah. That's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to look out for people that you respect yeah. and care about. So, you know, and, you know, it's, it's, it's hard, too. I mean, there are some people who said Eric was a friend. You know, and mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's, it's difficult. It's difficult when it's somebody that you know and you may be trusted, but, but you've got to put the greater good ahead of them. Well, that. I mean, I think if you don't, it's one thing to say something that is actionable, like assault or harassment. This is definitely something that at least someone, not necessarily the people involved who have their careers to fear for, but someone should alert HR to. But, you know, beyond that, like individual people should not necessarily feel the need to take sides against him if their own emotions are on board. Just don't come out and say something stupid when you don't know what's going on one <laughs> right. way or the other. Yes. Just, well just, fun. just sit back. Don't say anything until more evidence comes out. If, if, if all you're going to say is, well, I went to dinner with him one time. And he was a great guy. Like, I mean, maybe he is, okay? But maybe the, that one maybe night he was yeah. fine. You know, yeah. just just Those kind just of statements can come back to haunt you. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> just sit back, find out more, let it go by. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And, uh, yeah. But it's, it's uh, you know, I, I just want to say, though, uh, utmost respect to this young woman for coming out mm-hmm. and talking about this and putting herself on the line with her experiences, you know, to help others and to prevent this from happening yeah. to other people. And, uh, you know, she and to really, put a stop to it, and to put a stop to it, and it really deserves all of our support and respect. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I won't lie. When I was, even when I was in college, and I loved comics, and I knew I wanted to get involved with them in some way, like, part of me was like, you know, I've heard things. I've heard things. This is a safe place to be. Mm-hmm. How am I going to handle it? Like, and this was before so many revelations even came out. But even just, even just scuttlebutt from someone who literally knew no one in the industry, and just spent a small amount of time on the internet in the early two thousands, like it was enough to scare me a bit. Yeah. Well, I mean, honestly, I I still think comics are like one of the least offensive places. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, at that, I, I, you know, I get argue, I will get arguments about this, but I will say, whack, you know, I will, I'll, maybe now it's different, but having been in the music industry and the entertainment industry and the comics industry, I was like, music industry, <laughs> entertainment industry, holy crap, you know, yeah. comics, it was like, ugh, I can, oh, well, I'd say it was a- here in the PW, I mean, you would think, you know, the, uh, the tweety world of book publishing and yeah. our survey, um, our salary survey of last year, I for, I can't remember the percentage of women that reported being harassed, but it was shockingly yeah. high. I just, I just, look, I, I agree with you, Kate. I, I just think that comics is a safe well, industry is totally inaccurate, but every, no place is safe. Yeah, yeah. but and no that's, place that's kind of where we're at here. No, it really but, isn't. But there I, is no safe place. But I will say, Heidi, that the two industry, other industries you named, are pretty infamous. Yes. Like music yes. and, and yes. movies have, it's almost like a truism. Yes. That they are. Well, one of the things about the book publishing industry is certainly, um, and you know, I haven't really worked in the comics industry, but in the book industry, of course, it's a business that's run on like social 
you know, on, on, on social events and, you know, uh, for a lot of professionals traveling. Yes. And, you know, and, uh, co-ed staffs, uh, traveling, uh, uh, particularly senior editors with junior publicists, the vast majority of whom are young women. Uh, and, you know, this is really an industry. And I think publishing is like uh, comics publishing may be related in that sense is that, you know, you really travel and you move upwards due to your personal relationships with people Mm -hmm. and how you work with people. Right. And there's a lot of work done outside of the actual office, which makes it harder to have kind of safe situations. People doing desk jobs normally have. And there's a lot of alcohol. Yeah. And, you know, listen, I'll be really brutally honest, though. In reading about some of the allegations about Esquivel, there's a serious one that took place at a at a well-known convention um, and uh, that I love going to, but I haven't been to it in a few years. Uh, and I hate to say it, but one of the reasons why people love this con is because kind of everybody stays in the same hotel and everybody drinks in the same bar. And you know what? There's been a lot of things that happen at this show. Mm. You know, there's been a lot of issues. Mm. And there was an attempted assault, sexual assault at this show. And, you know, it's certainly not, um, you know, rampant or epidemic. But I, I think, you know, I am coming around to being like, I mean, you know, for me, this is like uh, my backyard. You yeah. know, I mean, I sure. don't ever have these... Well, I say ever, but, you know, I've certainly learned how to negotiate this. And that's, you know, where you're right, Calvin. I mean, so much of the socializing takes place in these settings. But you know what? This is not, this is definitely not a safe space. (laughs) And I think comics professionals really need to kind of police this a little bit better. And, you know, and and they need to talk about it so that, you know, the word needs to put on that, you know, this is something that people are thinking about and looking for. And, you know, hopefully we can make it safer for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So. Well, speaking of safe. Oh, dear. <laughs> speaking of making place safe. Making maybe even a little safe. too safe. Yeah. Well, it's not so much. It's, Our it's, Tumblr correspondent. Yes. So, <laughs> Tumblr has uh, seen a vast drop in the number of posts lately, except for ones complaining, because uh, Tumblr decided they were going to ban all adult content mm. of a visual nature from <laughs> their their system and i specifically say visual nature because they said you can write whatever you want but visually no porn okay so i mean there are plenty of people raised objections well what about erotic art what about you know marginalized communities etc but even if you're like no whatever it should be clean think of the children the method that tumblr went about doing this has kind of shot them in the foot because they decided that their initial monitoring would be done by an AI. The only problem is that the AI is a very stupid AI. (laughs) It is, it is, it is not ready for prime time. It's more like artificial stupidity. (laughs) Yeah. Because, for example, um, a lot of porn has managed to slip through by being tagged SFW, safe for work. Well, meanwhile, the adult content detector has caught uh, frog and toad sitting around <laughs> eating cookies has, has caught, um, Xena warrior princess fully clothed. Yeah, I'm looking at one that's a beautiful drawing of crypto, the, the dog, the superhero dog flying through the air. A naked dog? A naked what? puppy. It's the cutest thing <laughs> I've ever puppy. seen. I mean, it just, it just flags some really ridiculous stuff. And in order to get it 
and see the way it works is it'll flag it and it'll give you a short period of time before they delete it. So what you have to do is then you, whoever owns that Tumblr, has to go run in there and like check all your stuff and be like, no, it's a bowl of fruit. <laughs> and then hopefully it's someone a banana. <laughs> no, no, Calm sometimes down. I mean like it's sometimes sometimes you can go, okay, I can see why AI would flag that even though it's totally innocuous, for example, shirtless men. But on the other hand, like sometimes things that you just look at it and you just honestly cannot figure out how even the world's stupidest AI would think that a fully clothed man standing next to an owl is porn like what so um this is really really disturbing to artists who have been using tumblr as a really great place to get their art out there to build their reputations like nobody has time to go through their feed all the time and go back and be like no this is like uh, Art Nouveau poster of Princess Leia, not porn. She's fully dressed. It's not even the bikini god. Like, well, I, I mean, I, they also have a, they do have a setting on Tumblr where you can download all of your Tumblr. So you can save it on your hard drive for your own personal use. So of course, everybody's been doing that. Yeah. And it's probably because it's so, yeah, uh, but I mean, it took my Tumblr about a week to download. Okay. But so how the hell am I going to go back and look at every post? I'm not going to. I've had a Tumblr for like seven or eight years. I mean, give me a break. Yeah. And furthermore, like even if you can get your your content safe that you can put it somewhere else, you're putting it somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Because Tumblr is is really, really hurting their functionality and their usability because they've always been a heavily image-driven social network. Mm-hmm. Like that's their primary method is that it's it's images it's audio it's video you hit reblog they make it easy that they will do the storage for you yeah and it really like i mean it's built up a lot of communities it has a lot of communities i mean and this even it's apparently and i don't navigate very well on tumblr so i'm I'm, yeah we don't yeah calvin and i don't speak Tumblr. i I really don't I, i i have a tumblr that i used to use for photographs of hotel bars yeah. so i mean um but i know that there's a huge sex positive community and including many cartoonists yeah on it and that's got to hit them hard oh i mean well not only is it already like basically if it's a sex positive community that's not just text-based mm. i mean they're just they're just bailing because they know they have to and i mean that is sad but I can see that that is a calculated loss on the part of Tumblr. And while I might not necessarily think it's the best choice of theirs, I at least understand where they're coming from. But they clearly did not put any thought into it when they unleashed this half-baked AI on it because it's just decimating all kinds of image-based communities. Well, it's taking out, you know, a lot of artists. I mean, I cannot underestimate how much the webcomics world... mm has had, you know, phenomenon and, you know, up and coming comic creators have, have, have gotten careers because of Tumblr. And that's just yeah. not going to happen anymore yeah. because no one's going to trust their career to a platform that can't even figure out that your G rated stuff is G rated. I, I, I mean, a couple things. I mean, it really is. I, I've, under, my understanding is that Tumblr had kind of been in decline a little bit also. I mean, it, but you know, I'd say the Tumblr era began like six or seven years ago and was really going strong for maybe five years, maybe in the last year. It's kind of slowed down a little bit. 
Um, but I mean, it's a huge loss. You're absolutely right. Um, you know, let's just point the finger like freaking Yahoo and freaking no, Verizon. Yeah. Well, it's not just Yahoo and Verizon. Yeah. It's, it's Apple. Yeah. Well, but, well, well okay. Apple, Apple it's, banned it's, them it, after they, some incident of. Okay. So it's, it's, it's like a, a chain reaction of, of, mm-hmm. of decisions I disagree with. Right. Yeah. So Tumblr was not very good at moderating and catching child pornographer, mm-hmm. which is highly unfortunate. That's bad. That's yes. pretty it's bad. very bad. And then Apple said, well, if you are bad at catching child pornographers, we shall ban your app entirely. Yeah, from the app store. Mm-hmm. From the app store. Which, yeah. Yeah. And then Tumblr's response, <laughs> Tumblr-Verizon- Dash, their corporate entity's response was not to hire more human moderators to catch the child porn. Hmm. So, I don't think this algorithm is actually going to catch the child porn. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. Let me ask you something because I was at a, I was at a, a, um, a, a this was a, this was maybe about two years ago, and I was this was at um, at a TCAP panel. A bunch of cartoonists, and um, there was a lot of shade being thrown at Tumblr uh, at this point, M- mostly because not for uh, and this was had nothing to do with ver- uh, with visual erotica or porn or whatever you want to call it. It was with harassment on Tumblr. Uh, and no, that's a totally different topic. It's a totally different topic, but it's I find it interesting that they're focusing on visual porn when it seems to me that. Tumblr members were complaining about being harassed. I don't know that Tumblr that, doesn't and, care, and that people were dropping it in many cases and getting off it because of that. So yeah, Tumblr, that doesn't seem to be a focus. Well, you for know, them. I wanna I wanna back up just to, to give like you're absolutely right about Apple this being a perfect mm-hmm. storm. Uh, you know, Tumblr was a standalone startup, and that's where it kind of flourished. And then I believe the first entity to acquire them was Yahoo, if I'm not mm-hmm. mistaken, right? You know, Yahoo, I think, was owned by Microsoft at that point. And, uh, you know, Microsoft has really been an also-ran in the big tech. I don't think it was owned by Microsoft. I think it was just Yahoo. But I maybe that Yahoo. Okay. And then it got acquired by Verizon. Well, I know Microsoft was was in there involved. I I think it was. But anyway, the point is... Never trust Microsoft. Never trust <laughs> Yahoo. And it's like definitely but, never but, trust Yahoo. You know, because they also bought Flickr, and now they're like deleting all the f- old photos off of. Flickr. They killed Delicious. Yeah, they killed Delicious. And it's mm. like you know. Listen, I have I did sell my blog, but believe me, I make backups. Okay, always own your. Mm. Pod. You gotta bleep that, Kate. But it's like <laughs> anytime. You know, the larger picture, we are trusting ourselves, our expressions of ourselves to these platforms, and they are very tenuous. They are not forever. Um, yeah, so there's definitely a lot of people going like, Tumblr, Lifeboat, you can find me all these other places. Um, I mean, yes, Tumblr has a problem, which many people have called antis, mm-hmm. which they're people who are anti- what do you got? They're against it. Okay. <laughs> uh, they'll find something and, um, usually, although they are liberal, they are, they use exactly the same think of the children arguments of, of bygone days of purity crusaders. Because if it's not safe for children, heaven forbid it exists. Mm. And we're, we're not talking 
child porn we're talking but they will brand anything as pedophilia do you think these two cartoon characters are cute together <laughs> well that's just terrible because i think they look like teenagers okay. that's pedophilia you know i mean like they there, there's, and then they go after and follow and hunt all these people down and go, did you know that Bob456 is a pedophile? They say to everyone. And of course, what they really mean is Bob456 has an interest in something I don't like, which I have decided is pedophilia, even Ugh. though it's not sexual or about children. Okay. Um, so there was a lot of that kind of nonsense going on. And Tumblr, the company's approach was basically, we don't care. Um, and that, as far as I can tell, has not changed. All right. Well, well let, let me just jump in here. I just checked on uh, Wikipedia. No, hmm. Microsoft wanted to buy Yahoo, but instead they ended up at a partnership. So you are you are yeah. correct. But there was a, a wooing period going yeah. on. But anyway, yeah, you know, right. uh, social media. So, so let all us right. all learn a lesson from Tumblr of what not to do with your company. Print out your photos and keep them in a shoebox. This is what we need to do. Just like in the olden days. It there was good go. enough for my great grandma. It is good enough oh, for us. Well, no, the new method is that you um, put it on Shutterfly and print it out into a physical album, beautifully hardbound. We're heading back to like um, physical objects as you know the ultimate Isn't like protection funny? against piracy. Isn't anyway, <laughs> well, let's talk about yeah. a couple positive things now. Let's do. So we got a new comics publisher out yeah. there, and they kind of stealth launched. Uh, they're called TKO Studios. Um, they uh, have been working on their books for a long time and then they just kind of blasted out on Twitter last week um, with new books by Garth Ennis and Steve Epting uh, their first the first wave was a book by Garth Ennis a book by Joshua Dysart and two books by a writer named Sei Chun who is a writer on Gotham and a filmmaker yeah. uh, and then they also announced a new line of books uh, that's the next day with uh, uh, Roxanne Gay is writing a book for them and uh, a whole bunch of other people. All right. uh, and I mean, then, I don't know anything about this except yeah, what I read on the Jeff beat. Jeff so. Lemire, uh, yeah. Gabriella Walta, Steve Epting, uh, you know, a lot of really good, Andy Bellinger, a lot of good people. Uh, so obviously they have some money because uh, these people would not go. Uh, but then they announced... Their business model. Our business model. Which is really interesting. Which is really interesting. Yeah. <laughs> it's, um, they're making the first issues free to read, mm. which is brilliant. Okay. And then you could either buy it as a collection, like a book. Yeah. Or you could buy it as a collection of singles. Yeah. But they're oversized singles. And. And don't they have some deluxe? And they like have deluxe oversized, oversized publishing oversized, as well? Yeah. So. And then you can also get it as a digital if you want. And you can get it yeah. as a digital. Yeah. And um, in all of this, they haven't. And you really can bit, you know, you can buy the 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 cereals are not really cereals. You can buy them all once. It's kind of this binging yeah. model. Um, you know, well, it's, it is cereal because they'll, but it's cereal in larger chunks. It's yeah, like yeah. a season at but a time. It's, it's pretty amazing that you can get that in really across the board in any form that they publish it. Yeah. So and um, I haven't read the books yet. I've been a little hmm. busy with all this other stuff going on this week, but um, I'm hoping to do it in the next couple of days or certainly over the holidays and uh, to read them. But uh, you know, so far some of the reviews have been very intriguing and they really have top flight creators. Like I said, um, you know, Garth Ennis and Steve Epting yeah. are doing yeah, no, a book they, about yeah. a female uh, World War II fighter pilot uh, and Yeah, I'm going to 
investigate. Well, I, <laughs> I, I, I don't I, know much about right. Them at all. Well, they're a little bit secretive. I've asked who's behind the company, and no one will say. But yeah. it's pretty clear well, you, that it's you this can't guy. really go to the website just no. yet, can you? Well, you it need, has a. Uh, it has you a, have, you to have, have to have a password, password to go to the website. But it's VIP access. Uh, yeah. VIP access. But uh, pretty much everyone is pointing to this uh, this Seichan as being the mastermind behind this. Uh-huh. So. Uh, Editors are Sebastian Gerner. I mean, there have yeah. been very like like who's working on the books is very clear. Yeah. Where's the money comes from is not clear at all. Yeah. Um, but I gotta be honest, I don't think it's that hard to get money to put together a line of comics. These well, days. it doesn't seem to be these now, days. No. I've heard that we didn't have this on our topic list, but just hanging around town, you know, Calvin and I have both been hitting the holiday party circuit pretty <laughs> yes. hard, and uh, you know, you hear things. And there's this other company coming up, Writers and Artisans, that's just headed yeah. by Bill Jemis. We've talked about Oh, yeah, yes. Yeah. They said they got $5 million or yeah, some they got a crazy lot of, number. Yeah. yeah. And you really, had to put a single issue they're out. They're really well funded. Yeah. 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 So, so there you go. Um, we talked about that I think, a little yeah, bit so when we, we did we our investment. So what did investment. you hear, Heidi, no, on the holiday that, just, party circuit? Just that they're yeah. working on stuff and they've got lots of money to do it with. So, you know, like there is no – if you've got a little bit of a track record and you say, I want some money, they give it to you. You know, Brian K. Vaughn just signed yeah. this huge deal with um, – With Legendary. With Legendary yeah. Pictures, like $14 million or whatever yeah. to be – you know, him, Mark Miller, Robert Kirkman, you name it. They've yeah. all got their deals, their sweetheart deals so, with some uh, sort of – Streamer. Though I assume the legendary deal is to turn his comics into films of some kind, films or TV. Shows. Yeah, but I mean that's what Mark yeah. Miller, the deal that Mark yeah, Miller that's and Rob really, Kirkman yeah. have also, you yeah, know. Yeah. So, um, yeah, um, they're the money. The, the, the Miller deal was a publishing deal as well as a. Not really. The no, books really. Are coming out from Image. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. But they uh, have their own label. Yeah. They have a little yeah. label that says Netflix on the cover. <laughs> All right. it's, yeah. Well, well, and it, more good news. Yeah. Anyway, well, uh, we're going to segue from that good news to, you know, a little lower level, but what we think pretty extraordinary. It's the annual PW graphic novel critics poll, uh, uh, that, that, uh, Heidi kindly handed over the reins to Meg Limpke, our new graphic novel reviews editor. And the winner of this year's poll is Michael, uh, Mike, <clears throat> Michael Cooperman's All the Answers. Really an extraordinary memoir of, uh, of really piercing the veil behind his father's uh, sort of re- uh, unresponsive uh, facade. It's really a moving book, um, and one with seven out of 12 um, cr- critics well, on the ballots of seven out of 12 critics, a, a fairly high number. I mean, we don't, you don't get very often. I mean, five or six can win it. Well, you know, listeners... We actually have an interview with the writer about this very book. Go back into our back episodes. That's right. Uh, I think it was episode 306 or 7 around okay, in there. there you go. Um, yes, and I talked to, to Michael Kupperman, and, uh, you know, the, he's been talking about this book. I'm really happy he won this because oh, I feel yeah. like there was uh, – this book didn't get a lot of – I don't think it's a bestseller by any stretch of the mm. imagination. I don't think it got a whole lot of attention that it deserved. And Although it, it's on every best of it list. It is. It is made a lot of best of lists. So mm. I think that's a, uh, but I think it was a little bit quieter. I think a lot mm. of books got a little. It's a sleeper hit. It's a, yeah. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Oh. So, um, and you know, another, uh, I know Meg's going to come on to talk more about. Yeah. We're going to talk about next it. Week, yeah, next but, uh, week, you yeah. know, there was a lot of, there was a lot of really good books. I was happy to see, uh, Kyla Roberts, uh, Corrine yes, Gardens. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Corrine Gardens. Yeah. 
um, uh, Carolyn Nowak's um, Girl, Girl Town, Town got four yeah. votes. In fact, there was a the third place was a was a four way tie between uh, Jean Wang's The Prince and the Dressmaker, Tommy Paris's The Lie and How We Told It, uh, 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 Carolyn Nowak's book, and I believe Young Francis. Yes. Yeah. And young, uh, Hartley Lynn's young friends. Yeah. So, uh, you know, that's a pretty good, that's a pretty good, we just put our best of, I will plug, the, uh, best comics of the year up on the beat. It's a very eclectic list. I mean, there's certainly some comics on there that wouldn't make a lot of people's best look, list, but you know what? Well, I have a lot of different writers and they have very eclectic tastes. Well, speaking of eclectic tastes, if you look down at the bottom of the PW critics poll, you will see the, um, the long one list. Yes. And yes. the relatively long two list. So there's a big long list of things that two, critics at least came up with and an extremely long list of things that one critic came up with and i I think calvin and heidi can probably guess which of the ones i put on there but you know i i'm I'm doing my part to diversify that (laughs) list and and add some unsung classics and well, indeed you did. Well, you, you listen, Kate, I didn't see, you know, one of the fun things about, uh, when I did it is that I got to see the list from everybody and I don't do that anymore, but, uh, I can imagine that you had some very good choices on there. And let me tell you, uh, on our best of list for the beat, you know, not any of the writers who worked on it are into manga and we didn't have any manga on the list. And let me tell you, we got slammed on Twitter over that. Yeah. Very unjustifiably so. So we have, a writer and it's, you know, a goal. So you're um, getting a manga correspondent. Yes. We're getting a manga correspondent. And of course you're welcome, Kate, to return yeah. to the beat anytime you want and write anything you want. Open invitation. We love your writing. Uh, we love will your I criticism. get paid this time? Yes. You will get paid. Yes. In all honesty, our list could use a little more manga too, though we did have some, uh, certainly, um, uh, we had an, you know, any of us on as, um, uh, uh, dead, dead demon, um, destruction mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> uh, and I believe also I believe the second volume of uh, the um, uh, Kobe Nagata's uh, yeah my solo my solo uh, yeah my solo exchange diary n- excuse me Nagata Kabi um, got two votes so yeah yeah so check a, us out there was a little bit yeah Check us out, but but we could use a little bit more manga on the list too. So yeah, we'll see. But yeah, we have uh, the, it's chosen each year. It, sometimes the critics, the number of critics change. We had twelve this year. So yeah. uh, well, speaking of manga, yeah, mm. yeah. Speaking of manga, we have ourselves a big manga update. So it's true that we do not actually speak the literal language of the manga industry, which tends to get in the way of some of our news coverage. But we do what we can. And this week, we can quite a lot. So um, there's been a lot of news, and most of it very happy. First off, English language-wise, the British Museum. Yes, that British Museum. Yes, that one, not all the other ones, is going to host the largest ever manga exhibition outside of Japan ever. Um, and they are not scrupling to show, that's uh, scrupling about any genre of manga. Oh no, they're trying to have a broad-based picture of the greats of a wide variety of manga genres, including horror and boys love and things such as Pokemon. 
And um, Moto Hagio's work is going to be among many things there. And um, cool. it, it's it sounds amazing. I want to yeah, no, go. I want to go too. Yeah, yeah. Let's I'd go. Love, Road I'd trip. love to go. Road trip. Um, yeah, I mean, the British Museum has a real history of really in-depth comics. And once the Brits get involved, yeah. can't so, be um, yeah, This looks it, like it, it could be a fabulous exhibition. If you unleash the British Museum, like, I, when they come up with the exhibition catalog for that, I want it. Um, <laughs> also, in, in good news, um, so we often talk about how we worry for the anime industry. The anime industry talks about how they worry for themselves, but... Um, 2017 was actually in a very, very good year for them. Um, they've made, according to, uh, numbers which have just come out a year later, um, the anime industry made $19 billion in 2017. <laughs> so, billion. That's with a B. That's billion dollars. <laughs> and yes, that's a record for them. Um, and they say that a lot of that is due to streaming companies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, maybe they've, maybe they've found their golden ticket around their piracy problem. That if it's easy to get and affordable to get, people will get it legitimately. We've been saying that all along. So, you know, we were right. And on that note, Viz's Shonen Jump has made much the same decision. Yeah. Because they have switched to an entirely new business model for their magazine. In the United States. So now, instead of people buying a subscription to a magazine and getting a sort of an ebook magazine, their new method is that it's going to just be the website, possibly an app, and the most recent three issues of any comic that they publish will be available for free. Not the first issue, which once you read it, then you don't find anything else. Oh, no, the most recent three. So theoretically, people could just read it on the website. But that presupposes that you've read up to that point and also um, presupposes you don't want to reread. Do you know what the price of a subscription is? Ah, but here, that's the golden part. If you decide that you want to read some back issues that you would like to, you know, have wider depth of field... You need only pay a dollar ninety nine a month. What? I'm gonna That's do it. That's pretty great. Holy crap! It's like a cup of coffee. It's half the cup of the cost <laughs> it's of a cup of coffee. Cheaper than coffee. Wow. Cheaper <laughs> now, coffee. this is you know you can't download it. You have to read it there or on mm. the app. You can't. You can't download Netflix. You can download Netflix. <laughs> okay. You can. <laughs> you can. Heidi. You need to update your Netflix app. I assure you, you can download Netflix. Yeah, there you go. Read it offline. Watch yeah. it offline. Um, but, but yes, it's a wonderful deal and one that I think will catch on a lot better yeah. with their audience. And um, hopefully it will drive sales of physical and books and anime. away and from attra- scanlations. And reading online is pretty much what people yeah. do anyway. Well, you know, <laughs> I think we've sat here many times over the years and said, what will be the Netflix of comics? Well, it turns out it's shown a jump. I yeah. mean, you know, and also Marvel Unlimited and, mm, you know, GC yeah. Universe to a lesser extent. But we're beginning to get these kind of streaming yeah. comics uh, platforms that uh, seem to be quite tenable. And can get the content to the fans as quickly as possible. Yeah. And the thing about Shonen Jump, is that um, unlike 
uh, Marvel Digital Unlimited, and I haven't seen the DC one, I don't know, but they have everything already digitized. Yeah. They have everything already digitized. You don't have to worry about waiting like a year and a half to get anything you're interested in and then have random issues missing for no reason. <laughs> it's not going to happen. It's shown and jump. It's already all digital. Yeah. Um, and speaking of digital comic sales, 18 out of 20 of Amazon Japan's top 20 Kindle books. That's all Kindle books. Kindle books of any kind have been manga right now. And what's more, these are not cheap. These are mega collections <laughs> of the manga. So like, there are literally only two things on this list that aren't manga. And the ones that are manga are these mega collections of entire series. Now, I imagine that they had a very attractive price for them, for their yeah, contents, no which partly dro drove this. But even so, it says uh, that there's the interest, and it says yeah. that people are willing to buy it, even when the price point is still pretty high. So um, the whole myth about somehow the uh, people losing interest in manga, I mean, after the crash... You know, well, it was never really the case. It never, you know, it's it was never it's the back, case. Well, back I mean, it's just how you get the content to the fans when they want it. No, I mean, I think it's, I think it's had some rocky moments because, quite frankly, some of the people have said that they thought content was the problem, mm. that certain editorial or publishing policies led to a lack of innovation, and people got kind of bored mm. with the content. And as soon as they got better content. And it was easier for them to get what they wanted. Then sales went up again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah there's definitely, uh, you know, My Hero Academia. Right. There's a whole new generation. There's a whole new generation. Giant bestsellers. And, and yeah. the synergy between yeah. the manga and the anime, anime. which mm -hmm. is on so many streaming platforms, is huge again. Yep. So, yep. Um, you know, it's good times. I mean, listen, we've really been through a roller coaster on this episode. <laughs> well, uh, we still have some manga news. Yes. Oh, 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 oh. Two more, although uh, much, much fluffier and less newsy. Nausicaa Valley of the Winds, Hayao Miyazaki's uh, famous manga and then um, anime movie, has is being transformed into a kabuki stage play being put on by a very prestigious kabuki company in Japan. Um, that strikes me as one of the less kabuki-like works of manga or anime, but hey, go for it, man. <laughs> and um, the most recent Sailor Moon musical is coming live <laughs> to Broadway. There I mean, they go. have to Broadway. To Broadway. They're, they're coming to the uh, PlayStation Theater right down the road. It is large enough to count as a Broadway theater. It has enough mm -hmm. seats. Okay. Uh, they have a three-day only um, run. And they're going to have super titles like a like an opera because it's all Japanese. Oh, of course, it's yeah. all Japanese, and they're not going to rewrite the yeah. musical just for three shows. Um, and um, listeners, if you're curious about what makes this different from something on Broadway, not only will there be a lot of laser light shows on the stage, um, but also <laughs> uh, Tuxedo Mask is, as is traditional, played by a girl. Yay! All right. 
So anyway, like I said, a real roller coaster yeah. this week. But Chunk you know, of information this week, folks. far wherever they are, the <laughs> comics will you go. You know, on. I can hear it now. More to come. The yeah. Broadway musical. Yeah. It's coming to a Broadway <laughs> theater yes. near you, well, folks. If you want to hear the More to Come Broadway musical, <laughs> what should you do? You should go on iTunes and yes, and a make a demand. Make a Tell demand. demand it. Yes, but please leave us a comment. Hit the like button. Um, you know. We're on some other platforms. Sure. What other platforms? Well, uh, once for one thing, we're on Twitter. Yes, Calvin posts our episodes faithfully mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. You could reblog us. Yes, please. you could yes. hit yeah. like. You could tweet at him and be like, "We want that musical." Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we're gonna be. We're on. We're on social media. Look, we're on Facebook. Look, we'll I gotta on... be honest. If you don't want the musical, you can also, also tweet, also tweet that. We are on Tumblr. Yes, we are on Tumblr. You we know, are, we yeah. have no, we have no hardcore content, so. We should be safe. Yeah. Yes. But, uh, anyway. Well, no, I don't know. If we show a picture of Winnie the Pooh sitting there, yeah. you, you never, never know. know. You never know. This is true. But All anyway, right. let us know how we're doing. We really do value uh, your feedback, and yeah. it really helps the show. So if you are a fan of the podcast, let us know. Okay. And on that note, there will be more to come.